This episode of The Daily Observations is sponsored by Rocket Money. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and save at rocketmoney.com slash MacObserver. Against Jeff's will, we are going skiing again. This is the Mac Observer's Daily Observations podcast for Monday, the 16th of January, 2023. I am your host, Ken Ray, joined today by, well, the Jeff I mentioned a moment ago, Jeff Butts, Managing Editor of the Mac Observer. Greetings and salutations, sir. You just want to try to get my watch or my phone to set a fresh detection, don't you? Now, there are plenty of people doing that. I don't need you to do it. I'll just stand around and wait. <laughs> the second part of today's show, it is Mailbag Monday, and there's a bit of mail in it. Mixed reality, touchscreen MacBooks, and the U.S. government all rate comments. We will hear from people just like you. Unless you wrote in, in which case, we'll hear from you. First, though, we'll play catch up with uh, two other stories. The first one, you know, it's almost like Apple is doing a mailbag Monday of its own. Uh, apparently, the Cupertino company is reaching out to emergency response dispatchers to address false crash detection calls from skiers. Jeff, if you would please remind people uh, what was happening and then tell them what's happening now. Oh, well, I mean, it's still happening, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, crash detection, which debuted with the iPhone 14 series and the Apple Watch SE, Apple Watch 8, Apple Watch Ultra. It's got a very handy feature that if you are in a serious car crash and you are unable to respond, um, it can call emergency services on your behalf. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, what's happening is People on the ski slopes, people out riding their snowmobiles, uh, people riding roller coasters, they have been accidentally setting off crash detection. And when when it first started happening, uh, the the emergency dispatchers that talked to us were like, hey, this is pretty cool. Um, Yeah, let's keep this going because, you know, that way we know if something happens to you and we can come help you. Well, other departments are kind of having a different experience about it. Uh, funding is down. Their budgets are strained. Their resources are strained. And so these false calls that have been escalating during the ski season are causing them a hardship. Mm-hmm. And so uh, ski resort areas in Colorado, Minnesota, Utah, British Columbia, Canada, they've been they've been vocal about it. And. Now, apparently, an Apple spokesperson uh, has told the New York Post that they're collecting feedback from these call centers, trying to figure out what to do about it. Right. It's weird to me that Apple is actually calling the call centers to find out, because what can they possibly be asking them? I mean, we we kind of know the story already, don't we? That people are people are skiing, people are snowboarding, people are on snow machines or snowmobiles, depending on which part of the country you're from. And and the thing is, in all of those, they're going to be bundled up, they're going to be wearing gloves, they're going to have long sleeves, right? Mm. There's so much sensory input on the human. The chance of them knowing that their watch has done something, the chance of them either feeling that you know haptic feedback 
on their on their or the uh, excuse me the the vibration. I guess that would be haptic feedback. Yep. Or hearing whatever sort of alert that it's putting out, it just seems it seems um, uh, very unlikely that people are going to notice it through all of that and also be able to uh, to stop it. They, they probably won't. And and what now you know? Granted, Apple's not telling us exactly what kind of feedback they're getting or what they're <laughs> right. doing to fix it. But right. here's one thing. Here's one thing I can think of. You know. Um, Ski resorts are are usually fairly large, and Mm -hmm. some of the slopes are going to be closer to major roads and highways than others. Mm -hmm. And even though, you know, maybe Apple can't talk to the people that set it off and know where they were when they set it off, Mm -hmm. they can get that information from the 911 dispatchers because they get the geographic location, they get the latitude and longitude. Interesting. And so you're so saying if, could, there's a, if there's like a particular bend or something like that where this is happening, they right. might be able to geolocate that and say, and not geolocate, but geofence and say. Yeah, which, which, you know, we talked about, you know, the possibility of that before is, you know, yeah. improving the geofencing. And, yeah. you know, this is all speculation, but that's just where the logic in me goes to as to what could Apple possibly be asking for yeah. in order to fix this. The other thing that I found myself wondering is how many times did uh, the dispatch people that Apple was talking to uh, have to put Apple on hold? Um, well, <laughs> because, because of, I'm kidding. I, I feel certain yeah, they were not talking to, yeah, that yeah they, they weren't, they weren't talking to the live dispatchers. They were talking to the, to the supervisors, I'm sure. Yeah, I still like the idea, though. I'm sorry. Hold on, please. I'm getting another call. Right. Maybe from somebody who's been in an accident. Maybe not. I'll get right back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not, though. That'd be that'd be, that'd be pretty funny, actually. Let's follow. Uh, well, there's your Saturday Night Live skit right there. Yeah. Let's follow up on another thing that happened uh, last week that we did not talk about here, though I did talk about it on Mac OS Ken, and it also turned up in the Daily Observation. No, the Observation Deck, excuse me, which is the uh, writing of mine that turns up on uh, the Mac Observer most Mondays through Fridays. Mm-hmm. Oh, not today, because there's no Mac OS Ken today, but you get the idea. So last Thursday night, about 7.30 Pacific, I think, third-party Twitter clients stopped working. TechCrunch actually ran a piece uh, Thursday night saying that third-party Twitter clients were unable to access the service. I can tell you that my TweetBot app told me repeatedly that it was unable to access my account, said mm-hmm. there was a problem authenticating with Twitter, and I needed to sign in again. And, of course, that didn't do anything because it wasn't me and it wasn't my client. It was something else. Right. At the time, we had no idea whether this was on purpose, uh, though there were plenty of reasons to think that it might be. Um Twitter doesn't get the kind of insight from people using third-party apps as they do people using Twitter. They mm-hmm. don't get the uh, ad revenue. And uh, Elon Musk is a completely inconsiderate person. So there are plenty no. of reasons to think – right. So there are plenty of reasons to think this might have been intentional. Of course, it was also possible that the brain drain at Twitter uh, caused by either Musk's firing a bunch of people or his making it a hostile-sounding workplace, let's say – yeah. Then it might have led to the whole thing starting to buckle. And, you know, I I was kind of hoping that that was the case. And I even got a little bit of hope on Sunday morning that that was the case because, as I do habitually, Sunday morning, I, I hit my TweetBot app 
And it mm-hmm. said, oh, you got to log in. I was like, oh, yeah, right. I forgot about that. But I tried it anyway, and it logged me in. It logged me into TweetBot, and it was working. And then three hours later, it wasn't anymore. Yeah, and for some people, they could log in, but they couldn't send any tweets out. Hmm. Because it, the rate limit was set to zero for a lot of people, it seems. <laughs> Interesting, because I didn't try to send any tweets out. I just, you know, read a few yeah. and thought, well, we'll see what happens. Well, it looks like what happened is uh, uh, Twitter did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. The information ran a piece over the weekend that was highlighted by um, Daring Fireball's John Gruber, uh, basically talking about the fact that Twitter hadn't said anything. And so... Even if you suspected that it was intentional, there was no way to know until the information got to look at some internal Slack conversations. A senior software engineer wrote Thursday night that third-party app suspensions are intentional. Internal messages seen by the information showed that uh, Twitter employees were discussing when the decision, you know, would be announced publicly. Mm-hmm. A Twitter employee working on product partnerships asked on Friday morning when employees could expect a list of approved talking points for uh, questions from partners related to third-party client revoked access. Mm-hmm. A product marketing manager responded on Slack that the company had started to work on communications, but there was no estimate as to when that would be ready. So he decided to upend like the livelihood of, you know, and I, I don't know the names of the companies. Whoever is behind Twitterific, whoever is behind Tweetbot, Tapbot, yep. I think you said was behind a yep. Tweetbot. I believe so, yeah. Just upending, like, I don't know how much business they do, but I know I pay for Tweetbot every year. I'm subscribed mm-hmm. to it. So I know they're making some money, or I know they were. Yeah. And did this without any notification to anybody who was on the developer side of it. And without any explanation to the people who use them. Yeah, just said, see ya. Didn't even say see ya. Well, that would have been yeah, great. Well, Didn't say boo. Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, they, they said see you in the, in the form of we're revoking your access. Except they didn't even say that. Like, all of a sudden, it didn't work. If I go into TweetBot right. right now, it's still got a message that it started putting up on Friday saying, as of Thursday, this happened. We don't know what's going on. We're hoping mm-hmm. it's just a you know misunderstanding or a technical error, and we'll let you know more as soon as we know more. Okay. And they still haven't let anybody know more because they still haven't heard anything official. Yeah, well, there, there's no one official to, to say other than Elon. And- well, he'll talk his head off about everything else. That's exactly Sorry. it. He's too busy talking about everything else. Well, no, no, no. This is just- He's a jerk. He is a jerk. Forgive me if I sound uh, strident about the whole thing, but I am actually, um, this is going to sound weird to say, but I'm like having, I'm having like this this mourning that's going on, I think. or uh, uh, A few years ago, I would have said it was withdrawal because there was like, I need to know what's going on minute by minute by minute by minute. But that's mm-hmm. because things were politically so weird in this country at the time. Uh, more contentious then than they now? are now. More contentious then than they are now, but not by much, I will grant you, but a tiny bit more. Because you okay. never knew you never knew what was going to happen. Now we know what's going to happen. There's going to be gridlock. And people might say stuff that's going to make somebody angry. But the country is right now not being run the way Elon Musk is running Twitter. And so I don't have the same addiction almost to it. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm warning... Well, kind of FOMO or, well, fear of everything. <laughs> yeah. 
it wasn't fear of yeah. missing out. It's more like fear of missing, you know, the warning that I should duck and take cover. So mm-hmm. now, though, it's it's like the reason I use and have used third-party Twitter applications for a number of years is because the Twitter feed has become like kind of junked up. Mm-hmm. between, you know, algorithmic placement of information and deciding here's the thing that you really should be looking at rather than the thing you want. And even though I can go into the Twitter app and change it so it's only the stuff that I'm, you know, following, no, I can't because every other tweet right now is a useless advertisement. Right. And it's not it's not a it's not a usable experience for me anymore. And yet the comedians I follow and the writers that I follow and the journalists that I follow and not to overstate it, the friends I've made. There is a yeah. painter that I am friends with now who actually lives in this area. Um, and and we have uh, friendly exchanges, met for coffee once or twice. I bought a painting off him. That happened because of Twitter. And that's not going to happen now because what I'm going to be pushed is, you know, Kim Kardashian or Kardashian or whatever right. is uh, not Kardashian. That's, a, that's another thing for another thing. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's. I, I knew what you meant, and I I actually heard it as what you meant. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Anyway, that's 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 what's happening there. So later, when I don't say you know follow me on Twitter, it's not like I'm not killing everything. I'm not turning it all off, and I am hoping that Tweetbot will be back. But mm-hmm. he has just made an amazing hash of everything. And anybody who is defending him is well, it's his business, and he knows what he's doing. It is his business. I do not know that he knows what he's doing, and no. and I guess I guess I'm done, which kind of mm-hmm. makes me incredibly sad to say. That is sad. Yeah. Hey, we're going to reach into the mailbag in a moment. Hopefully, be more fun than that last thing. Uh, first, though, a word from today's sponsor, Rocket Money. If your goal for this year is to manage your budget better and save money, check out Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought to watch just one show, or that free trial that you never ended up using. Stop being part of that 80%. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. See, that sounds like a better group to be in. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com. Dot com slash Mac Observer. That's rocketmoney.com slash Mac Observer. Rocketmoney.com slash Mac Observer. Jeff Butts is with us today. He is the managing editor of the Mac Observer online at MacObserver.com. You know, I keep forgetting because I say, hey, if you want to get in on Mailbag Monday, uh, you should send us an email. Then I give out the email address. I forget that all of the articles that, you know, all the stuff that we do here, whether it's posting a podcast or something that turns up on the uh, the observation deck or mm-hmm. any other article you find on the Mac Observer, uh, there's a comment section there as well. 
So some of our mailbag stuff actually comes from the comment section today. Uh, we'll start though with one that was actually oh, cool. uh, actually an email. Yeah, uh, Richard Gunther, who is the host of Home On, uh, which is a great show about home automation. I keep threatening to get you together with him. I'll do it one day. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote a comment on last Thursday's show. Uh, the first topic Thursday was President Biden trying to rally Democrats and Republicans in Congress behind their distrust of big tech, which led to a discussion of the algorithms used by tech companies to elevate specific information. On that topic, Richard wrote, it'll be interesting to see if the government can actually do anything here. As for the algorithm, I'd love to see companies offering social feeds or other results that depend highly on the algorithm uh, be required to offer an algorithm-free feed where you get uh, who you follow in chronological order and nothing else. That could help parents lock things down a bit more, and it would certainly be more along the line of what I would like to see. That'll probably never happen, though, he said. I will say that's he's singing the song about why I'm not using the Twitter client. It's, yeah. it's exactly that. I mean, it would be great if we could have a a subscription to Twitter that would just get rid of all of the ads and give us that chronological feed of the people we follow. But I, I can't see Twitter ever offering that. Yeah. See also Instagram and Facebook and, you know, whatever right. else. Woo woo. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was one at one point. All of the above. Uh, Thursday's other topic was a rumor from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman that Apple would make a touchscreen MacBook in 2025. On that, Richard wrote, um, Ken, you were right on point about the instinct to touch things. Now, let me explain, Jeff, because I know you weren't here. <laughs> I have on more than one occasion tried to interact with my Mac through touch, which I think is because of how much I use my iPhone and, to a lesser extent, my iPad. Um, okay. I expect to be able to interact with visuals by touch to such an extent that I've actually tried pinching and zooming pictures in a magazine before. And it wasn't like I wasn't being funny. I'd like to think I wasn't being stupid. It's more most of the stuff that I read is on my phone. And so I automatically re reach for a picture to try to enlarge it. So now with that explanation behind us, Richard says you're right on point with the instinct to touch things. I want a touchscreen Mac, not because I want to use it like a tablet, but because in those cases where I'm inclined to reach out to the screen, it will work. I personally believe Apple started thinking about this back when Big Sur came uh, with all of the menus, you know, having more breathing room, which would be better for mm. touch. Uh, Tim Cook was uh, still right about the desktop and mobile devices being different and needing different experiences. That's where Microsoft has failed so terribly, says Richard. They keep going to one OS for everything, but with the best of a Mac and touch, I'm all in, even if I have to pay a little bit more. I, you know, that's that's where he and I split. I would absolutely take it if they offered it. I'm not mm -hmm. going to pay more for it, but yeah, people heard me talk about this on Friday. Got any thoughts on the uh, touch book, uh, on a touch screen MacBook that is, Jeff? I, I'm I'm a special case on this, Ken. Um, because of the way my hands have been misshapen by arthritis, mm. uh, touch interfaces aren't as pleasant for me. Sure, I I can't really pinch to zoom very easily. Um, it's a challenge for me. I make do on my on my phone because it's a smaller screen. Mm -hmm. But for the for the average user, I think it would be a strong selling point. And I think 
that's especially true on the Apple Silicon Macs, which can now run iPhone and iPad apps natively. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, you, you put an iPhone or an iPad app on your M1 MacBook or your M2 MacBook Air, and you can you can run that app and you can use the trackpad to a certain degree to kind of mimic some of those touch interface gestures, mm-hmm. but it's not the same. I'm still where I was, though. Here's the thing. After I said I wouldn't pay more for it, if they show some sort of compelling feature that's like, I want to be able to do that with my Mac in a way that I can't with my iPhone or my iPad, but right. there, there's a good reason for touch to be there, like it is going to enable a new way to use the Mac. Okay. For me, it, it it would have to be a situation where, you know, you can actually f- detach your screen from the keyboard or flip, you know, fold it over so that you don't even have the keyboard accessible anymore. Yeah. And you're using it just like a tablet. Yeah, I can't see that. I can't no. see that at all. No. Uh, we got two messages from Dr. Brooks last week. One, Well, he was busy. <laughs> he was. In fact, he actually said in one of his messages, I'm too busy to do this other thing I really want to do, but, you know, I'll see if I can make time. <laughs> but we got that. We got two messages from him. Uh, one, I think, was to calm you a bit regarding AI being used to help build proteins for medical purposes. Uh, that was left as a comment on last Wednesday's show, and it honestly yep. got to be a bit much for anything that we could tackle here. But if people want to read his thoughts on it, which were very interesting, uh, yeah, it was on the uh, AI imitators and AI problem solvers, which was last Wednesday's show. And of course, you can find the comment at uh, MacObserver.com. The other was a series of comments on last Tuesday's observation deck, which I can't remember if we talked about it here or not. But it was the um, reality isn't real, man, but it could be soon. Uh, specifically, it was a response to uh, Mark Gurman saying that Apple is going to announce its AR, VR, MR offering in the spring, uh, get developers mm-hmm. on board at this summer's WWDC, and then release the thing in the fall. While he did acknowledge uh, Gurman's hardware expectations, Dr. Brooks says all of these realities, whether virtual, augmented, or mixed, not only do not describe the same thing, but none of them describe a single thing. These are simply general technological applications uh, like digital, where somebody mm. today to proclaim that digital is here, we would likely say, welcome to the party. Now, uh, what do you mean exactly? The applications are endless. Indeed, in modern tech, there is scarcely anything left that has not been digitized. The point being, whatever Apple or anyone proffers is mixed reality, um, and whenever they offer it, it's less the tech than the application of the tech as a means to solving whatever problem it solves or in providing new opportunities for creativity that will ultimately drive and more importantly sustain its uptake. Yeah, this is why I hate the yeah. term metaverse because everybody's like, oh, we're going to the metaverse and, and in the metaverse. And it's like it, that, that could be anything from an augmented desktop to, you know, uh, version of Dreamlight Valley that you can actually walk around and yeah. you know, pick things up. It, it it just leaves me, you know, the, the line from a movie. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> or you, know, I mean, that's the problem, though. It means it, it it's it means something to everyone, right? 
it yeah. could be something different. You know, it, it's yeah. Yeah. I think the only person who's wrong is is the person who says this is what, you know, the metaverse is and nothing else. Right. Or this is what augmented reality is or this is what virtual reality is. Everybody may have their own ideas, but everybody also gets to have their own ideas, especially when you're talking about building something that doesn't currently exist. Yeah. As far as the hardware is concerned, the thing that he really wants is the full-sized HomePod uh, that German is expecting again uh, sometime this year. Um, if I could only have one, either the mixed reality headset or the full-sized HomePod, uh, I would take the mixed reality headset, please. Uh, though I will happily tell Apple to shut up and take my money for both of them. I know you will. <laughs> well, or whatever money I can scrounge. Hey, if you have a question or a comment that you would like to send our way, uh, send it our way, because Mailbag Monday is so much better when we've got mail. Yeah. Observations at MacObserver.com is our email address. Observations at MacObserver.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter. We are at TMO Daily there. If you want to get in touch with me or follow me online, uh, you can leave comments for any articles that I write or any podcasts that I do on the Mac Observer because I do uh, I do see those. I don't always respond. In fact, I may not have responded yet, but I do see them and I do appreciate them as well. So you can do that or you can hit up my website, macosken.com. Jeff, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way or ways? Well, I have not abandoned Twitter yet, so I am still there as at Clefmeister and at Mac Observer. Uh, but you can also just find me on any of my articles at MacObserver.com or email me JeffB at MacObserver.com. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media online at backbeatmedia.com The Daily Observations is a production of the Mac Observer from the latest news to how-tos your source for Apple news is macobserver.com Observer.com